Galaxy 4 of Board Game Blitz, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to assemble a board game table. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about a hodgepodge of topics. First, we discuss a couple games we've played recently, Village Green and Living Forest. Then, we just have a lovely conversation with each other. And now, here are your hosts, Andy and Crystal. Recently, I got a review copy of Village Green from Osprey Games. Village Green was published in 2020, designed by Pierre Sylvester. And this is a one to five player card game. The theme is your rival gardeners and your village is, there's like a, some event <laughs> where, where like competition where you have to like arrange flowers and trees and a garden thing, like statues and ponds to get the best village. And so the way the game works is you have a hand of three cards that are, the cards are like flowers. They have different colors of flowers and shapes of flowers on them, three colors and three shapes. And then they also have features on the bottom like trees. There's different tree types. It has a picture of a tree or a lake, which just gives you two points or like a statue. And so you play your cards in a three by three grid in your personal village. You're, you also get award cards. You start with three award cards and those are going to go at the top of the three by three grid and on the sides. So you're going to be able to play new ones as you go through the game. And those award cards are how you score. So like the top left award card is going to score that column and then like the ones on the top are going to score the columns and the ones on the left side are going to score that row so you're going to be scoring possibly three rows and three columns but you don't necessarily fill in all of the cards by the end of the game the scoring is different things like for every purple card you have you get a point or for every empty space you get negative points or for every this type of tree or like if you have all three types of trees you get six points or something like that so you're basically trying to get the right types of flowers and trees to get points both horizontally and vertically but when you place trees tree cards flower cards whatever they're called there's a placement rule so you can place them anywhere you don't have to place them next to another card at first but if you do place them next to another card it has to match either the color or the shape of the flower of that card so every time you place a card all of the horizontally or vertically adjacent cards next to it which is only going to be like two or three because it's a three by three grid but all of them have to match either the color or the shape so as you get play more cards you can't like replace the cards because once you plant a flower like that's it so you have to like make sure that you have space for what you want to play. So it gets kind of hard at the end of the game when there's not as much space and trying to like make sure you have the things for scoring, but also playing down the cards that are that you're able to play. So it's a puzzly, very puzzly game. Uh, I played it at five players, which I think I think it's best at two players. So I actually played it solo and at five players. First, I played it at five players, and because at multiplayers, there's three cards face up of each pile and you take one on your turn and play it or play like a card so everyone's just taking a card on their turn and that's getting refilled so like you can't really plan much ahead because like the cards that you want it's going to get taken by someone else if there's five or four other people before you go because there's only three cards in the middle so those are just get cycling through so i think it'd probably be best at two players but i played it solo because i thought it would also be like a fun solo puzzle which was also pretty fun but it was like hard because then it, at solo it's not cycling at all because it's just you taking <laughs> you're just cards. stuck with whatever you yeah. got and you're like and so oh like, i have to oh, make this oh, no. work now <laughs> yeah um you can use like you have your village card that counts as a point at the end or you can flip it over to use its special power which lets you cycle through the cards 
but that's a one-time use. Yeah, so I hadn't heard of this game, Village Green, before getting the review copy. So I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> because like I didn't know anything about it. And I, I enjoyed the puzzle of, of trying to put the flowers in the right spot. And it's, it's pretty difficult, but like a quick game. And oh, the art is also very, very pretty. Uh, it's like watercolor paintings of flowers and stuff. I, I really like it. So it looks really nice when you have their little grid laid out. One, one thing that's kind of a funny negative is that the box itself is really hard to open. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually unboxed it on stream and it took me a long time to open the box. And we afterwards, while I got my game group, I played a game in quotes of opening the box, seeing who could open the box the fastest. But after a few people opened it, it was easier to open. But like it's made out like the box itself has linen finish. So there's a lot of friction and it's hard to open the box, which... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, so linen finish on a box is not a great idea. But anyways, that was Village Green. Osprey Games actually sent me a review copy of this recently too. I have not had a chance to play it yet, but now I'm more excited to get it to the table. So when I do play it, I will pop into a future episode and share my <laughs> thoughts as well. Yeah, I think it's one that wouldn't work as well over stream because each person has like a hand of cards too, in addition to the cards that are face up on the table. So like that would be hard to <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. Well, I am going to talk about Living Forest here in a moment. But before Mm -hmm. I do that, I do want to make a quick little aside to talk about the game that Nick reviewed in our last episode, which Mm. is Cat in the Box, because I had a chance to play it. And oh my gosh, is it fun? And also like weirdly brain breaking. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to describe how the game works. If you all missed our last episode with Nick, our special guest, please go back and listen to that to hear how the game works. But needless to say, playing a game where none of the cards have colors, but you get to make up what the colors are (laughs) in the midst of the thing is really neat because somebody would play a card. And after I've been on the number of tricks I want to take, I, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to give that card up, but I have to follow suit. Oh no, wait, I don't. I can just say, oh no, I don't have any yellow left in my hand and move my token off the yellow thing. But then later in the round, I literally had a moment where I was like, ooh, I can play that card. And I was like, oh, I don't have any yellow though. (laughs) Like none of the cards have color on them, but you're just creating this meta where, you know, like you're just making up the colors as you go. It was super fun. I played it at three players and I think it would be better with four or five we all kind of agreed but it was still super fun and I enjoyed it so I did want to share that since Nick reviewed it in our last episode but now on to the new game for this week which is Living Forest hey there everyone Future Crystal here this is the part of the show where you would normally hear Ambie and I discussing what game I recently played But I've asked Ambie to replace that audio that we already recorded with this audio. We recorded this episode a little bit far in advance, and I've had a chance to play this game a couple more times. And so I just wanted to speak to it a little bit more intelligently than I did the first time around. I missed some nuances, things like that. So the game I'm reviewing today is Living Forest, which was published in 2021 by Ludo Nate, designed by Aski Christensen. And it won the Kennerspiel des Jahres this year in 2022, which is the strategy game of the year, a very well-renowned board gaming award. So this game has gotten a lot of buzz, a lot of press, and I was excited to get to try it. In Living Forest, you and the other players are nature spirits who are trying to save the forest and its sacred tree from Onibi, who is this evil spirit. And... 
It is a push your luck and mild deck building game where you are collecting guardian animals to put into your deck. And then you are trying to use the resources on those animals to complete a different, uh, a lot of different actions. So all players draw from their decks simultaneously, similar to games like Quacks of Quedlinburg or things like that. So there's a simultaneous phase where everyone is drawing until they either bust or choose to stop. The way busting in this game works is kind of nice because the condition by via which you can bust can both be negated by certain tokens you acquire during the game. So you can put a card back and put it into your discard pile instead of letting it there to sit there to bust you. And if you do actually end up busting and can't deal with it, instead of losing your turn entirely, you just get to take one action instead of two as you normally would. So it's a little bit more friendly than some push your luck games in that regard. So after you've drawn out all those guardian animals with all the resources on them, those resources will help you do a number of actions. For instance, water will allow you to put out the fires that Onibi has set. And little blossoms will help you get closer to victory. The sacred flowers on the cards, if you can collect 12 of them in a single turn, that's actually one way to win. And the third way to win the game is by planting 12 different protective trees. And the way you get trees is by spending the little sprout tokens that are on some of the animals. So multiple paths to victory here. This is definitely one of those games where you need to keep an eye on what the other players are doing, which is kind of nice because in some Simultaneous action games, you're kind of just doing your own thing. You're not really paying a lot of attention to what the other players are doing. And in this one, you really have to be mindful because if somebody is putting out all of the fires and gaining fire tokens, then they might win the game before you can even get close to whatever goal you're attempting to achieve. It is a really, really fun game, honestly. <laughs> There's a couple other things that I haven't mentioned, but I, I've played it now a few times and I'm really, really enjoying it. I can see why it won the Kenner Spiel and I want to play it more. I also believe there are a couple expansions for it already. So now I'm curious about those too. But I would say this one, the rule book, not great. We actually missed some rules on our first playthrough uh, with my game group in person. And so then when I played it on Board Game Arena, I was able to get some clarification about that, which is kind of why I'm recording this segment in the first place. So Living Forest, I get, give it a thumbs up. I would say if you have the opportunity to try this one, I would recommend it, especially if you enjoy push your luck games. And it is more friendly, like I said, busting doesn't completely negate your entire turn. So for people who tend to have bad luck in this type of game, maybe you'd do all right. So that's Living Forest, designed by Aski Christensen and published by Ludo Nate. Ambi, you and I hang out, I'd say pretty frequently, and we talk about board games a lot. <laughs> we hang out probably but, at least uh, every time we record an episode. <laughs> that definitely happens. Yeah. But we don't we don't just get to sit around and just talk. Mm-hmm. We who nobody talks anymore. <laughs> I saw I'm I'm I should, I'm sitting in my rocker on my porch, you know, like waving a stick at children as they pass by nobody talks to each other anymore i just figured we could we could have a little chat yeah um i'm not that great at talking so (laughs) (laughs) well you know that i love to so (laughs) yeah so we'll see how this goes um (laughs) yeah but what's new how have you been i'm pretty good honestly Mm -hmm. i you know the 
I'm still trying to generally not go out and do much uh, mm -hmm. because of the pandemic and trying to keep myself safe in that regard. But I really have gotten into a pretty good groove of I just go to work and I come home and I hang out with people online a lot. Truthfully, the game nights that have been happening in the Board Game Blitz Discord have mm -hmm. been a godsend for me. I love the like community that we've grown mm -hmm. in the discord, like so many lovely people. And it was funny because I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and I was like, I've been hanging out with some of these people for literally years now mm -hmm. and I've not met most of them in person. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that, awesome. I mean, that's just, the internet's cool, right? Yeah. At, at one point during the pandemic, I was playing a Star Trek VR game with oh. Calvin Wong, uh -huh. Jeff Engelstein, and another friend of someone else's. So we were playing four players, simultaneous cooperative Star Trek game, and we were located in Las Vegas, New Jersey, Malaysia, and New Zealand. <laughs> like, what? How? The internet is yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, I'm good. I, I finally got my modular game table from uh, Ooh, Wormwood yeah. Gaming. Which... Yeah, there, there's a video on the Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I did put a video on our that, Instagram. Yeah. People should go check that out. And maybe, I mean, if people want to see like a video on our YouTube channel, I don't know what I would feature in it, but if people want to see it, I could maybe do that. Needless to say, so the Kickstarter was in fall of 2020. So it took mm -hmm. for me almost two years for fulfillment. Oh, it was supposed mm -hmm. to original. My wave was originally supposed to ship in August of 2021. So it was a year mm -hmm. from when they originally predicted. But, okay. you know, I, that's not unexpected <laughs> with the Kickstarter, especially <laughs> the one this large. And I am so happy with how the table turned out. Yay. I walked by it the other night and just like walked by the room where it was and looked at it. And I was like, I kind of want to play a board game. Like, just because the table's oh, there. Cool. Yeah, like, it literally, I'm did like, I want to use, gamer? I did not have the ability to do that at that moment. Oh. But I was just like, I want to go play a game on my new table. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I got to use it for my game night with my friends. But I really, I know that they're going to be launching the Kickstarter for Modular Game Table 2.0 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think early next year. And I, obviously, I've only had the table assembled for a little over a week now, as of the time of this recording, but it assembled pretty easily and it works great. I really, really enjoy it. So if y'all are looking for a game table that is not ridiculously expensive, but also not ridiculously cheap, this is, I'd say, a pretty good option. Cool. I, I probably won't ever get, I don't know. <laughs> Saying ever is a long time, but but you don't have any intentions of getting yeah, a I don't dedicated have any intentions game of getting a table because we've got well maybe if I end up putting one in my studio because right now I just have like a folding Costco table here in this room yeah but that's more portable <laughs> yeah that's true so so we're recording this a little earlier than I would like mm -hmm. for this next question, Abby, because it's going to be a little bit of a weird time, whatever. <laughs> but when this episode comes out, your Kickstarter for your book will have finished. As yes. of the date of this recording, it still has a couple days left, but you're <laughs> yeah. close to the you're close to the end. And I would love to hear from you how how it's going, how it went, essentially. I know it isn't over yet, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, so far it's going well. Yeah, so it's interesting, like, running a Kickstarter from, from this side, because now I get kind of more of the into the mindset of, of a publisher, right? Because, <laughs> like, I, I've been a consumer and a reviewer, but, like, I hadn't really known... I mean, I can kind of, like, empathize with publishers sometimes, but, but right. now I can more because I kind of understand more about, like, what 
goes into shipping, manufacturing, all that stuff and like trying to price out Kickstarters and stuff and then all of the Kickstarter stuff that goes on. <laughs> and I mean, my Kickstarter is small compared to board game, like big board game ones because board game ones like get thousands of backers, right? Like the big ones. But mine has, well, as of the, this recording, it has like 600 something backers, which is a lot <laughs> compared to what I was expecting. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, amazing. There's going to be at least 600 <laughs> copies of a book that you yeah. wrote out Well, in yeah, the world. and a lot of backers did a multiple multiple copies, copies? so yeah. yes that's the word <laughs> but so yeah I will be manufacturing well like the minimum amount I needed to print was 1000 which is why I needed the kickstart in the first place <laughs> yeah so yeah so with the backers that you have currently have you hit that thousand mark you think no but I'm I'm just gonna have I'm gonna have extra like some there was a retail store that reached out to me that wanted some copies so that was really exciting and uh, Board Game Geek, I had talked to the Board Game Geek store and they're going to get some copies. So oh, that's like, so cool. And then I'll just have more <laughs> extra in my house, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, at some point in the future, when you're, if you decide to travel to cons again, you could always yeah. bring them to a con. Or I wonder if, in theory, if you could take some of the extra copies and have like a publisher sell them at their booth at a con in the future. Like if their yeah. you know, game is featured in the book, maybe they can offer the book too or something. Maybe. That would be cool. Like basically distribution is my least favorite part of this, <laughs> which is like a lot of the work of post Kickstarter, I think. But like just figuring out how to get it to everyone and then like where I'm going to store the extra copies and stuff and what I'm doing with all that. But it would be nice if I could just, you know, give it to some publisher or something <laughs> yeah but, just be like can you handle that's, this for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's kind of like what you take on when you self-publish something so. right which is one of the reasons I have never done that because yeah. I know that I am that type of person that would likely get overwhelmed or yeah. my anxiety would be real bad yeah but like with a yeah. book it's a lot simpler than a board game too so oh I'm, I'm sure glad, I'm glad I'm not doing a board game <laughs> well, if I ever decide to work on game design again, though, you know I'm going to come to you if I <laughs> decide to kickstart something and be like, Ambie, help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely went to like people like Dan Hughes because he had a Kickstarter and um, Josh Starr from Grand Trunk Games. I talked to both of them about how they did Kickstarter and like all of this stuff. So I got a lot of advice before even like thinking about, well, I mean, I guess when I first started about thinking about maybe doing a kickstarter i talked to them <laughs> and then yeah so it was a lot of planning that went into it oh i'm sure and i love how friendly and helpful people in the board game community are mm -hmm. we we've been very lucky in we've got i like i feel like the, any question we had about anything related to the board game industry we know somebody that would be willing to answer that question for us mm -hmm. and that's I mean, that's a gift. That's really, yeah. really awesome. Yeah, I guess that's a benefit of it being like a small community where publishers and designers are like, lots of them are just like one person or a couple of people, right? And then you know them because you've seen them around and 
That's, yeah. that's really neat. I mean, I'm playing a game of Kalis on Board Game Arena right now with <laughs> Isaac Childress, <laughs> designer of Gloomhaven. <laughs> like, I, yeah, he, he tweeted that he didn't have any active games on Board Game Arena and the first five people to send, send him invites to games he would accept. And I, I don't know if I was one of the first five, but I was like, I'm, I'm going to invite him to play Kalis with me. And so we're playing cool. Kalis turn-based right now. I'm honestly, I'm excited no matter how the outcome goes. If he beats me, I'll be like, yeah, Isaac Childress beat me at Kalis. Of course he did. <laughs> And if I beat him, I'll be like, oh, I beat Isaac Childress and Kalis. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's been a while since he's played it. So that mm-hmm. will probably, if if I am able to squeak out a win, it'll probably be because of that. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I think, you know, social media, there are a lot of bad things that mm-hmm. do and can happen online. But for me personally, even having dealt with some of the worst stuff that social media can throw at you, I think for me personally, thankfully, the good has outweighed the bad in leaps and bounds in the number of friendships and conversations I've been able to have. Like my boss asked me, she was like, my, my, her whole family's kind of into gaming, but not like super heavy into gaming. And she wanted to start her four-year-old with a uh, CCG of some kind. Mm. Like wanted it to be a collectible thing so they could collect the cards when kids young. And then as they get older start playing the game. And so I was like, you know what? I was like, I have some ideas in my head, but I'm not much of a CCG player. So let me tweet about it. I tweeted and like within minutes had tons and tons of responses from people who were mostly saying Pokemon, which is what I kind of assumed. But like, (laughs) still it was, people were throwing other ideas out there too. And I just like, the community wants to help and bring people in. And it just, it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, so cool. (laughs) So I know we were just talking about your Kickstarter. One of mm-hmm. the cutest things that happened as a result of your Kickstarter is your boys, your twin boys, were uh, recorded some of the promos for your Kickstarter, <laughs> yeah. which I know people on the podcast here have heard and people on your Kickstarter have heard. But I, I wanted to ask you, you know, it really seems like they are, I mean, they've always kind of, from what you've told me and what I've seen when I visited you, they seem to have an interest in board games, but it really mm. seems to have stepped up. Like, you, they are, they, it seems like they're all in already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so it helps that we have like a board game room. So they see that. It used to be off limits before they were like, I think I let them in, in t- when they were 20 months. But yeah, so it used to be off limits. And then I would like bring out a game and let them play with it. But then once they they were allowed to go in the room, which they still can only go in if I give them permission. <laughs> but <laughs> but then they're all excited. They see all the games there. So they like see the games on the shelf. They're like, I want to play this one. And then some of them, they I don't let them play. But I let them choose the games most of the time. And then even the games that aren't children's games, if they have components that I think would work well <laughs> with them, like... One early one that they still play a lot is Boggle, which I like have this copy that I got at the thrift store and never played it, but like I just have it sitting there. And so they like, they took out Boggle and then they really like playing with that because it's check out like the chunky dice and then they it also has pencils in there so they color and, then <laughs> and they like put the dice in the little grid thing for Boggle and they like doing that. So like, they just like playing games and then putting it away and putting it back because like I taught them that early too. So it's yep, like a special you gotta put, thing. You got to clean up them. your mess. <laughs> yeah. Also, like I get a lot of 
Well, I, I get some review copies and stuff, so I get games in the mail, and I let them open the packages, so then they're like, ooh, it's a board game! Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh my let's goodness. play this game now. <laughs> and then recently, um, I won, I got a giveaway from the Haba Games, so they had a Gen Con slash Gen Can't, like, contest giveaway on Instagram, where you post a picture playing Haba Games, and then you... There, they had four winners that won $100 of Hobbit games. So I was one of them. And so I got five like children's games. <laughs> and they opened that and they're like, so they, they've been playing those new games. They're, they actually helped me pick out some of them. So like I was scrolling through the Hobbit site and showing them and they pointed like, like this one and this one and this one. They actually wanted like most of them, but <laughs> I was like, wait, we already have this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like they, the two that they focused most on was Hammer Time and Monster Munch. So I had those. And then like while it was shipping, I told them, oh, yeah, we're going to get it. And then they remembered. They're like, oh, we're going to get Hammer Time. Let's play Hammer Time or let's, let's play Monster Munch. I'm like, we don't have it yet. <laughs> and then, oh. So they opened the package and they got it and they were so excited. Uh, but both of those games are kind of for slightly older kids. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm like, I'm interested in Hammer Time. Yeah. I've seen that one and I want to play it. Because uh, for those of you who are not familiar, I, I don't know the ins and outs of the game. But basically, mm-hmm. you put a bunch of gems on top of like the box, either yeah. bottom or lid. The box and then you hit the sides of it with this little wooden hammer yeah. and try and knock off like certain gems, but not all the gems. And yeah. I feel like, yeah, a, a two-year-old, almost three-year-old would, would probably not have the uh, the dexterity to be that delicate <laughs> yeah but what's funny is uh so i like let him play with the box and the hammer and then i was taking the gems away and like putting them aside so that he wasn't playing with that and the cards too but then he opened the instructions and looked at it <laughs> there's a setup picture and so he's pointing at it because there's like the gems on the box and he's like i want those oh <laughs> my gosh at the gems. He knew he's like where are the gems mom yeah. come on like, oh okay fine here <laughs> so i gave him the gems <laughs> You're going to be in trouble when they start reading. (laughs) But then he put the gems on the the thing and then was hitting it with the hammer. But then he's just like hitting it until they all fall off. (laughs) I mean, that sounds like a fun game too. I'd play that with them. You you tell tell them next time I come over, I will hammer gems (laughs) off of a box with them. I am more than happy to do that. (laughs) But but it's fun. Like they play, sometimes they play games by the rules and sometimes they don't. And they just like playing with the pieces. But they know a lot of titles of games, too. Because I like when they point to a game and I say, oh, that's this. We're not going to play that now or something. They're like, OK, we can look at it. So they know like Kitchen Rush. They know um, they know 18xx because the 18xx is right next to the kids games. And I actually let them play with the tiles. They like that. Actually, <laughs> they really like the tiles because I have a shirt. Like I had Oh, yeah, made, you have the Hexy shirt. Yeah, I made that little mascot, Hexy. It was just like a cartoonish hex. <laughs> And yeah. so like they knew hexy before they knew the shape hexagon. Oh gosh. <laughs> and then from that they learned hexagon the shape because then they started learning their shapes. Um, but then like they saw the back of an 18xx box. They used to see the front and be like, "Oh, train." And they saw the back and they're like, oh, "Hexy." <laughs> so they got super excited that hexy was in the game. Oh my gosh. And, and that's yeah, how for you those get of you kids in 18xx. And just in case anybody listening to the podcast is not aware of the Hexy shirt, if you like 18xx games, it's on our Redbubble store. If you go to redbubble.com and search for Board Game Blitz, the interface on the site can be a little weird because it'll look like a design is only on one particular thing. But if you click, it'll scroll down. It'll basically any design that we have on Redbubble is on multiple items. 
generally. So yeah. feel free to uh, go and look for Hexy and our other merch as well if you want. Mm-hmm. And we're actually, no no promises, no guarantees, don't hold us to this, but we are potentially going to be revamping and doing some new merch stuff in the future. I won't even say near future. <laughs> I'm not sure when. Yeah. So if, if y'all have any ideas for what you'd like to see from us merch-wise, feel free to throw them at us. We will take mm-hmm. suggestions, but I'm excited because we've always kind of done just like the logo shirts and then we had the pizza shirt. Yeah. We've got the Hexy, but yeah, I'm excited to do some new merch at some point. Yeah. I also, this is going to be another like weird time flux thing, but <laughs> as of the release date of this episode, it will be the week after our big TLN Extra Life mm-hmm. Charity Marathon. It hasn't happened yet. So <laughs> I don't know how much money we raised or how everything went, but I, even though it hasn't happened yet, I'm going to go ahead and just say thank you to all of you who stopped by the stream or who donated or who shared mm-hmm. that we were streaming. The TLN folks are all very, very amped about this and the fact that we're going to have 30 different streamers streaming throughout the course of the weekend, like all in support of board games on Twitch. It I'm I'm sure it was awesome. It will be awesome. It is awesome. It <laughs> yeah. was awesome. Everything is awesome. I I'm nervous and anxious but mm-hmm. very excited about it and hopefully we raised a lot of money for Children's Miracle Network. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it for this week's board game blitz. Visit our website boardgameblitz.com for video and blog content as well as get links to all our social media pages. This episode was sponsored by Grey Fox Games. Profits of Doom is heading to a crowdfunding platform later this year. Grab your friends and try to survive the apocalypse in this 2 to 6 player car drafting and engine building game. And don't forget, Blitzketeers get 20% off non-exclusive items at grayfoxgames.com by using the code GFGBLITZ2022 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community for online game nights, game discussions, and more by following the link in the show notes to join our Discord. Have you written a review on iTunes or rated us on Spotify yet? If yes, thank you! If not, we still love you, but you can totally help us out if you can. And you can support our work directly for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash boardgamebus. My theme song was composed by Andrew Mark. Technical support provided by Toby Mount. Until next time, gaming 9 to 5, that's the way we'll all be living, barely doing tasks. It's a playing and no working. Bye, everyone. Bye!